welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativaPod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this project in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also support me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can support this podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you are feeling extra generous. Howdy, y'all. Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal Massachusetts, the heartland of America. So for today's episode, there's something I wanted to sort of bring up. Um, so I'm going to put a clip from our one of our bigger episodes that we did last year, that we did in December, where we interviewed Chia and Jamie from Mendocino Generations. And I asked for Jamie's advice on how to grow cannabis for the first time. So if you're in like a legal state or um, you live in Illinois where home grow just became legal for medical marijuana patients, where now they can grow up to five plants for medical purposes. I, I asked for his advice on, you know, how someone would go about doing home, uh, a successful home grow if it's, if it's their first crack at doing it and what mistakes and what pitfalls to watch out for when doing it. So I'm going to put that clip And then we'll return back and I'll read an article from I'll read an article from Leafly about sourcing seeds and genetics. So without further ado, let's get to that. Like, let's say let's say um, I uh, as you know, I live in like Massachusetts, which is also a legal state. And um, so let's say like I'm, I'm in a new legal state or I just I just manage to get property where I can grow my own cannabis if I'm sort of like try if I want to grow like three or four plants for the first time or so like what advice would you have for people like that yeah so if you're going like three or four plants for your first time I'd say like to find some good genetics that you know work well in your particular area and your particular microclimate see you know if you can find out what other people have been doing that kind of works works well there you know and see if you can get some clones or some seeds from that um keep your plants healthy you know put them in some really good quality organic soil um you need to stay really on top of watching out for pests and if you're growing from clones you should really make sure they're they're clean from the get-go. Of course, everybody that's going to sell you some clones is going to say that they're totally clean, but I think it saves a lot of trouble to do those inspections yourself. Yourself, So, like, some of the higher-power jewelers loops um, can really help you spot most most of the pests 
that are going to be on your plants. Um, but um, having a microscope too would be helpful. Um, you can always treat your plants with something when they when you first get them. So make sure that the that they're totally clean when they first start out, and you can treat them with something like you know sulfur. Sulfur sprays will kind of kill most of the pests that that are out there. There's some things that they don't work for, like the new cannabis aphid. It seems like also being called the bong or bang aphid. It doesn't seem like sulfur sprays really work on those at all, but a lot of the mites, it'll take care of the mites. Um, so treating your plants or your clones when you first bring them into your garden, so all of a sudden it's not a big problem, it's not a huge infestation that you're trying to fight later is important. And then learning about your IPMs and like what if you're going to do is you have to pay attention to what sprays you're doing. Like you can't use sulfur and use oil or vice versa. You have to have a you have to have a certain amount of time in between those sprays, otherwise you can burn them. So like reading up and doing a little bit of research on how to treat your plants in regards to that would be really important. Um, also, a lot of pests tend to come in on nursery plants of other species. You know, like if you're bringing in um, some vegetables or some other flowers, make sure that those things don't get put next to your cannabis plants. Quarantine those, perhaps treat those as well. Um, there's also a lot of good places um, online that you can order beneficial insects from. So we tend to use a lot of beneficial insects and strategic sprays throughout the season. Um, so looking into that and seeing what beneficial insects maybe might eat some of the different mites that beneficial predatory mites that might eat a variety of the pest mites would be good to, you know, get a limited amount of those just in the variety to help keep the, uh, sorry, in the environment to help keep the the pest populations down. Um, one of the things that I see people doing um, most often, I think, when they're first starting out is really overwatering. Overwatering can lead to so many problems. And so learning to not overwater your plants because then different like nutrient issues are going to show up and you're going to be trying to diagnose your plant and thinking maybe it's dying, needs more water, and you're going to keep doing it and you're going to compound the problem. The plants really want to be watered and then they want to get the soil needs to become, you know, fairly dry, you know, not bone dry. There needs to be some, some moisture in there for sure, but letting, if you're going in pots, letting the pots, you know, get fairly light. You don't want to see your leaves really drooping. If you start seeing your leaves like start to droop a little bit, then you know maybe next time you need to water them a little bit sooner than that. But don't keep your pot saturated because that's going to really um, cause you more problems in the long run. Um, and don't overfeed your plants. A lot of the nutrients that are available out there, if you're going with some of the different liquids that you can buy, like most of those things, I, I think that the, the instructions, um, you can really cut down at least in half and just feed them about half of what it's asking for to be safe. Um, I've heard a lot of studies saying that you can, you know, cut them down by at least two thirds, and that's probably more like what the cannabis plant really wants. Um, but but just be careful about overwater overwatering and over fertilizing. And then as you know, your plants progress, you need to need to really, um, if you're growing outdoors and you're getting kind of close to harvest, um, start really paying attention to the weather because if you have some really big um, dense flowers out there and then you've got some rain coming in, you're getting kind of close to harvest and you don't have a way to cover those plants up um, where you're getting a lot of really dewy nights and you're noticing in the morning the flowers are really wet, 
um, that's a that's a um, it's a good chance that you're going to start seeing some botrytis, and so you can spend all this time loving up your plants and taking really good care of them. They're beautiful, and then all of a sudden at the very end, you can lose a lot of that. So paying attention to things like that is important. And then also in the drying and curing process, I think people should do some reading up on that. Make sure to, when you're drying, not to take things off too wet and put them away, seal them up in any way. Um, because if they're not really dry enough to put away, then all of a sudden, like you seal them up and you come back a week or so later and look in the bag and or whatever you chose to seal them up in a jar, whatever you're doing. And you're going to find mold developing in there. And so, um, you can, you can go through all this stuff and then really, um, lose it all in the last, you know, couple, few weeks. Yeah, definitely. So, it, it, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so like attention to detail, like as, as in like most yeah, really. of light is key. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely continue to scout your plants throughout the season, you know, and make sure that you're not getting any infestations of any type of pest. Because, like, it's easier to treat them once you first spot them versus when, like, it's obvious and it's causing a lot of damage on the plant. Then it becomes really hard to treat. And we're back. So let's get to it. We're going to read that article like I talked about. A Guide to Buying Canvas Seeds by Pat Goggins, January 14, 2019. So this episode is geared primarily towards um, people in legal states that can legally home grow, as well as people in MMJ states that have the ability to do that too. Um, I know that dispensaries are not open in Missouri just yet, but people, if they own their own property and get the the qualifying certificate to home grow, you can home grow. But and um, but yeah, this is geared towards um, places where you have the ability to do that. And as always, you don't recommend breaking local, state, or federal or municipal law. So make sure that growing in your state is legal. The beginning of the new year is a great time to start planning your cannabis garden and to get a head start on the outdoor grow season, which roughly runs from March to November. Navigating the cannabis seed market can be challenging when states have different degrees of legality. This guide will answer your questions on buying seeds so you can be on your way to growing your own. To learn more about the seeds in general, check out the Leafly article on cannabis seed basics. So I'm going to assume you already know that. Maybe I'll talk about that article in a previous in a future episode, but I'm going to start off assuming you already know how to get quality um, or just you already know the basics of, of cannabis seeds or whatever. But let's 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 get to let's finish this. Let's continue this article. Is it legal to buy marijuana seeds? Marijuana seeds are considered cannabis products just like flour, edibles, and concentrates. Their legality depends on which state you live in. People in states with adult use legalization can buy, produce, and sell seeds within their own state, but seeds can't cross state lines. People living in states with medical marijuana legalization can only buy seeds if they have a medical card. 
seed banks exist outside of the U.S. and can sell them for souvenir purposes, but it is illegal to bring seeds into the U.S. and customs will seize any canvas seeds that they find in packages or on a person. How and where do I get marijuana seeds? Many world-renowned seed banks are overseas in the Netherlands, the UK, Spain, and other countries where cannabis laws are less restricted. Seed banks provide seeds from a variety of different breeders. In states with adult use legalization, you can buy seeds within your own state either at a dispensary or through a specific seed company's website. And another thing to also note, um, and this this will get brought up again in the episode, but again, if you live in a legal MMJ state or adult use state that allows either adult use people or medical and or both to to grow their own cannabis oftentimes in many of these states you have sort of um cannabis cups or whatever where cannabis breeders cannabis um genetics are are being exchanged and you can find you know growers that grow very specific strains and that have genetics that they want to sort of sell or that they want to sort of distribute um so cannabis cups are often a good source of that stuff they they often have panels they often have um you know showrooms they often have you know vendors selling seeds and selling other equipment so cannabis cups can often be an invaluable source um like we talked about in our interview with the folks of Mendocino Generations. So just wanted to point that out there. Researching cannabis seeds online. Before you purchase seeds online, you'll need to figure out what strain you want to grow and what breeder you want to buy it from. Because the U.S. federal law still prohibits cannabis, it can be hard to find information on seed banks and breeders. Breeders who have a long history and positive reputation are usually a good place to start. To get an idea of well-established breeders look like, check out Europe, Sensi Seeds, DNA Genetics, Dynafem, Greenhouse Seeds, U.S. Southern Humboldt Seed Collective, exotic genetics you can also do some research and find an online grow journal that details the whole growing process of a specific strain from a particular breeder through these you'll be able to look over another grower specific notes and see pictures of the final results and if you grow some seeds and like the results try growing another strain from the same breeder and see how it grows or, or goes shopping at the dispensary Although this option is only available to people living in states with medical and adult use, buying seeds at the dispensary is far more straightforward. However, your options are more limited. Dispensary staff should be able to give you information on the seeds that they are selling. But keep in mind, a lot of dispensaries focus on selling flower and end products. It is a good idea to call ahead and talk to staff to see if they are knowledgeable on seeds and can give you specific information on growing. Breeders talk about unstable genetics, meaning a seed's origin is unknown. Make sure that when you buy a packet of seeds, that it or the breeder who produced them can list where the seeds came from, how they were crossed and back crossed and or back crossed, or get the seed that you hold in your hand. 
if you can't get a seed's history, it could be anything and the result of poor breeding practices. An inexperienced breeder might cross a male and a female one time and sell the resulting seeds as a new hybrid strain, but professional breeders usually put their strains through several tri tries and, and rounds of back crossing to stabilize the genetics and to ensure consistent plants that reflect those genetics. What are the difference between regular feminized and autoflower seeds? If you buy a packet of regular seeds, they'll come with a mix of males and females. A lot of cultivators prefer to grow these because they haven't been back crossed, especially inbred as much as feminized or autoflower seeds. You'll need to sex out the seeds once their reproductive organs show during the flowering phase and discards the, the males because they don't in, produce any buds and will pollinate females resulted in seeded flowers. Feminized seeds. Seeds can come feminized, meaning you can just put them in the soil and start growing for buds. But these seeds are guaranteed to be bud producing females and growing them cuts out the step of having to sex out plants and discard the males. It also reduces the risk of having a stray male sneak into your crop. Just one male can pollinate a huge crop, causing your females to focus their energies on producing seeds instead of buds. Autoflower seeds. Autoflower plants change their vegetative to flowering state with age and not the changing of their light cycle. They have a short grow to harvest time and can be ready to harvest in as little as two and a half to three months from when you put the seeds in the ground. The downside is that typically they are less potent, but autoflower seeds are great for people who want to grow cannabis and don't want to spend a lot of time doing it. How much do marijuana seeds cost? Cannabis seeds usually come in a pack of 10 to 12 seeds and can start at around $40 a pack and go up from there. Some high-end genetics can run between 200 to 500 a pack. Feminized seeds and autoflower seeds will cost more because more breeding work was put in to creating them and they take less time for the grower to get buds. How many seeds should I buy and are they all going to survive? When you grow any amount of seeds, a percentage of them won't germinate, even if you get them from a reputable breeder. Always count on having a few not germinate or die off, or roughly two to four times the total you put in the ground. When growing regular seeds, some won't germinate and some will have to be discarded because they turn out to be males. When feminized autoflower see seeds, with feminized and autoflower seeds, some won't germinate, but a high percentage of them will turn into flowering pants. If you want six total cannabis plants to harvest buds when growing regular seeds, start with four times as many or 24 seeds. Some won't germinate and some will turn out to be males and then you'll want to discard them down to the six best phenotypes. If growing feminized or autoflower seeds, start with about twice as many seeds, about 12 in case a couple don't germinate and then discard down to the six best phenotypes. Make sure to always stay within your state's legal limit of growing plants. End of article. This was written by Pat Goggins.
so again um i i hope you guys got a lot out of this um especially if you're in states like illinois that just made home growing for medical patients legal and i believe that people can grow about five plants or so for medical purposes and um in missouri while you guys are still waiting for the dispensaries as long as you get your cultivation paperwork in order you can home grow as well too and you know if you own property you know you could save a lot of cash doing this but if you want more expert advice on how to get a successful home grow or even a small sale grow that you might want to sell to a dispensary um i would check out the two episodes i did with chia and and jamie of mendocino generations they're they're expert growers that have been doing this for a long time in the cannabis capital of the united states and hence the world so um so you would get a lot more out of um, experts like that than me but i'm gonna put those two episodes in the description in case you guys haven't checked it out and um, again i hope you guys got a lot out of this um like i said last year i did i did a poll last year talking about whether or not i should be doing more homegrown episodes and the poll came out with people narrowly saying yes i should and I'm, I'm really glad that i did those two episodes with chia and jamie of mendocino generations you know about you know about home growing or about cultivating cannabis for craft and personal reasons so again you'll get a lot out of that episode if you're looking to home grow and i'm going to put that in the description again i don't want to keep this episode too long i hope you guys got a lot out of it peace out ciao stay medicated my friends if you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project there are a few ways that you can do so supporting us helps us keep the lights on pay rent pay for hosting and equipment and travel and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am cannabis sativa podcast slash support you can also support me on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar tier if you're feeling extra generous Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message on Anchor. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and I may just play it on a future episode. You can also call and leave a voicemail at 617-466-9389. That is 617 617- Four six six nine three eight nine, and I may just play it on a future episode. Feel free to try Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp-based products. You can check them out by hitting the link https colon slash slash bit dot ly slash three three four k r v nine, and you can enter the following codes: dogtree twenty tincture 20 40 percent off iso 15 percent off cbd entire store and you can also get inexpensive cbd flower directly to your door quickly and cheaply in new england and the rest of the united states by going to https colon slash slash shop dot boston empire dot com slash question mark ref equals d scotland
And my email to contact me is IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. And as always, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out.